Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Hi. Someday you'll have a professional opening. <laughs> In the meantime... You get this. I get wig to put all these on my reel. And do you know what this is? So I married a movie geek. Yay! Hi, Justin Winters. What's up? I'm Chrissy McQueen. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, so what do you say we talk about a little bit of Beetlejuice? What kind of introduction is that? It's 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 the one I have. <laughs> Okay. Hello, everyone. This is a podcast called So I Married a Movie Geek. Chrissy is part of the podcast, and so am I. And this week, um, I uh, turned 21. No, 31. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm, I'm a lot older than that. So I got to pick two movies that, um, are kind of from my childhood that I love. And those two were Beetlejuice and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Excellent! Two movies that Chrissy has never seen. Yes! This is the basis of our podcast. Yes. So, oh, and there is a fun banging outside. If you heard that, I promise it is not the sound of Justin trying to hit me under the table. It is something going on outside. What? For a bad introduction. Punishment. Okay. Yeah. Although, I would understand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever that was. Well, first of all, <laughs> happy birthday, Justin. Hey, thanks. In my book, you don't just celebrate a birthday for a day. You celebrate it for a week slash month. So We did celebrate it for a week. We went on vacation. We did. We went to the Pacific Northwest, y'all. Yeah, we went to Salem, Oregon, mm-hmm. Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and Anacortes, Washington. Yeah, we were kind of all over the map. We were. And... All of it was beautiful, let's face it. Anywhere there's a tree is fascinating. Uh, by the way, definitely saw a cop in Gasworks Park in Seattle who I think thought I was high for painting, not painting, like taking my hand to a tree and like petting it. I love that the week-long trip has been boiled down to this one moment in time <laughs> where you rubbed a tree and you thought that a policeman was looking at you while you were rubbing it. He was. He followed me to the car. Sounds like a person that's high... Has invented the story. You're like, oh man, I was rubbing this tree and that cop totally was looking at me. I knew it. Dude, he was totally looking at me. He wanted to make sure I could walk after I pet the tree. Well, number one, you're a female. And number two, he was a cop. All they do is look at people all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They're looking for crimes. Even crimes against trees. Why would a little girl like me be you molested a crime? That, you molested that tree. That's the whole point. I think he thought I was high because I was molesting the tree with my hands. I molest trees all the time and I'm not high when I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a term for that. No, you were just touching the tree. I was, but I did pet it. You did pet it. I know. Well, we don't have any trees around here. Yeah, but you walked away. You were like, I don't know this woman. And you like abandoned me and went to the car. 
Well, we were walking in beside each other, and then I look around, and you'd stopped and started to molest the tree. So. Yep, that's what I do. Molest trees. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time, and it gave us plenty of time to think about the movies we wanted to do for our podcast. Justin, you have plenty of what I would call favorite movies. Why do these fall into your good graces? Um, Beetlejuice is my second favorite Tim Burton film after Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Really? Yes. Well, any pretty much the movies between 1985 and 1990 were movies that were like kind of the sweet spot for me because I was 5 to 10 years old and Beetlejuice was like at the time I was just wowed by it. It was so original and different and crazy and you know when you're a little you know kid at that age you're like anything weird like that totally hit me and then Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure it involves two of my favorite things time travel and history so oh yeah and I understand that entirely but I find it interesting that uh, you mentioned that 1985 to 1990 was a sweet spot for you because you know between 5 and 10 yeah and yet Beetlejuice was on your list of movies that you saw between the ages of 5 and 10. And if I'm not mistaken, you're probably closer to 5 than 10 when this came out. No, it came out in... Uh, 87, 88? No, I think it was 89. Oh! 88, 8 or 9, somewhere around there. Yeah, so hmm. I was 8 or 9 years old. Still, though, 8 or 9. <laughs> you keep being surprised by the fact that I this movie's PG. Is it really? Yeah. I would have thought it was definitely at least PG-13. Nope. PG. Both of them are PG. How is that possible? He uses the F word a couple times. Um, well, he used the, uh, Tom Hanks used the F word, or someone that used the F word in Big, and it was PG. At that time, this was before PG-13 kind of, like, really figured out, like, the rules of, okay, what's PG, what's PG-13, what's R. Mm-hmm. You could say the F word once, and you could still be a PG. Really? Yeah. What? And so as a kid, you're just, like, waiting for, like... Where's the f bomb? Where's the f bomb? It's probably why I have such a potty mouth these days. Because you watched PG movies as a kid that contained f bombs. That and other movies that had more f bombs. And I mean, <laughs> I was a huge Eddie Murphy fan as a kid. I Richard Pryor, George Carlin. I definitely learned a lot about the f word as a kid. So. And then you grew up and married me, and you learned even more. So it oh, makes sense. I'm like a, you know, an effing sailor. I'm a, <laughs> Say they're compared to you, man. I don't think that's true. Whatever. I used the F word recently in front of somebody who was shocked and looked at me and they said, I've never heard you swear before. And I was like, have we spent more than five minutes together? Yeah. Which is funny because we, you know, we try not to use it on this podcast. I know. We have to like hold our tongues. Hold our effing tongues. When when we're finished taping, it's just like F-bomb this, F-bomb that. Yeah. F that intro I did. What was I on? Was I high petting a tree? But I'm trying to turn a new leaf in my older age, and I'm going to try not to use the F-bomb as much <laughs> in life. Uh-huh. I'm trying to be healthier. I've made a few adjustments to my, uh, you know, not smoking as much crack. Yeah, that's good. Um, crack is whack. I'm trying to actually go to the gym. I got me some gym shorts recently. Did you go to the gym since you bought them? I went today. You did? Yeah. High five. High five. Super proud of you. Yeah. Yay. It's the whole new me. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. A dazzling place 
I never knew. So, Chrissy, <laughs> what did you think about Beetlejuice? Uh, I thought it was interesting because, backstory, backstory, I know you know this, Justin, but our audience doesn't. When this movie came out, as you mentioned, 88, 89, uh, I'm a little younger than you, so I, at the time, was maybe four. And I remember my mom... It's understandable that she didn't see it at that time. Right. But I remember my mom renting it. And we lived in a little one-story house that had a, the living room and the bedrooms were separated by a hallway. And you could shut a, a door to shut off access to the rest of the hallway and the bedrooms so the living room could almost operate separately. And she... she had her mom cave. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she didn't sleep with my dad in the bedroom either, so she slept on the couch always. That was her bedroom. Got it. Yeah. So she put in, I guess, Beetlejuice and thought that I was sleeping. I don't know if she hadn't spent more than five minutes with me either because I never sleep. And I got out of my bedroom and I always wanted to know what my mom was doing. It was like a big mystery to me. So I crawled on my stomach all the way down the hallway, but she was really good at listening. And so I heard her like, pause it. And there's a silence. I'm thinking, she's going to find me out, isn't she? So I, like, open the door a crack, and I'm trying to look out to see what is my mom watching. What is it? What could it possibly be? And then all of a sudden, she runs to the hallway, and she's like, get in! Whoa, just blow everyone's ears out. I know. Yeah, don't do that. And I was like, whoa, why? And she goes, you can't watch it. It's for grown-ups. And then immediately, I'm like, oh, I have to watch it now. What is it? She's like, if I tell you, will you go to bed? And she told me it was Beetlejuice, and that it was a very scary, scary, scary movie, and that I could never watch it. Ever. So, I never watched it. Hmm. And if she was standing here right now, she'd be like, that never happened. That's not true. But it did happen. Okay. So, that's why I never saw it. Okay. And parts of it are a little bit scary, but I don't scare easily now that I'm older. I would just, I thought of you, though, and I was like, if he saw this when he was a kid, how is he not scared? So how are you not scared? Because I, I watched a lot of movies, so this is... But some of them are, like, kind of grossy parts. I'm not talking about the language, but, like, grossy Josie. I'm a boy. Do you you not, are? Did you not know boys when you were a kid? Not really. They didn't watch My Little Pony and stuff. They watched things that, you know, were gross. I read Fangoria, the magazine, when I was a kid. I loved to watch, like, Freddy's Nightmares and Twilight Zone when I was young. My boyfriends watched My Little Pony. <laughs> Hey, I was a friend of the gays way back in the day. Yeah, I've heard about your boyfriend. <laughs> There's probably a reason they watch My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Yeah, no, um, Beetlejuice is a great movie for a few reasons. First of all, Tim Burton. Tim mm-hmm. Burton, you know, you can say what you will about Alice in Wonderland, but I think he can kind of do no wrong. Um, Early on, yes. Lately... It's like... Hit or miss. It's like, what happened? What happened, Tim Burton? What happened? Because you look at this movie, I think this movie costs less than $15 million to make. 13 Like, it's it's all on the screen. It's, you know... But he did a lot of it, um, he did on purpose. He said he wanted it to look like a B movie that he had grown up with, and so he purposely did a lot of uh, effects on the cheap to give it that feel, a B movie feel. But still, if you were to, you know, watch, if they were to release this today, I mean, people would be like, oh, but wow, those, you know, those effects are pretty cool. Those yeah. Stop motion sandworms. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. I did. And this is 2011, and I've seen a lot, and I thought that was great. 
and just the whole afterlife being like bureaucratic mess, you know, <laughs> you, you get there and you have to sit in the waiting room and anyone who committed suicide were forced to be civil servants. Even stuff <laughs> as a kid, I was like, oh, that's weird, but awesome. <laughs> and I love that you I don't want to ever kill myself. I don't want to. <laughs> I love that you have to wait for direction from the old lady from Mars Attacks. Was she in Mars Attacks? She was. I looked it up. She's definitely in Mars Attacks. Oh, I, I thought, called it. Okay. I thought she was kind of old in Beetlejuice. I was like, did she make it? She was. She Well, she died in 1998. When did, when did Mars Attacks come out? Uh, 96. Just made it. Yeah, she did. <laughs> they blew up Congress. Ha, 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 death. She kind of reminded me in this movie of uh, uh, my grandmother. I knew you were going to say Nana. Yeah, because she was an avid smoker as well. Mm-hmm. And we always used to joke, because we tried to get her to quit all the time, and we're like, she's never going to quit. She's going to be smoking, you know, in in the afterlife. Probably. Sort of like Juno in this movie, so. Oh, for a second, I don't know why, I mean, I know the character's name is Juno, but I jumped to, what's her face, drinking orange juice and being pregnant at 16. No, she wasn't in this nope, movie. No, different movie. <laughs> Can you imagine that? would kind of funny. Juno and Beetlejuice. She could be friends with Lydia. How do you feel about Winona Ryder in this movie? I love Winona Ryder. Do you love her in general? She can do no wrong? Um, well, this this was right around the time, I think right after this she did Heathers, and you know how much I love Heathers. Yes. Um, I mean, when I was a kid her age, as she was in the movie, I was kind of into the, like, quirky, weird chicks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you were on board. I had a dark, dark uh, sense of humor, so. That's true. And, and, and that's part of the reason I fell in love with you. Because Re- I really? can't handle, yeah, I can't handle people who are too... I don't mean superficial in like a, oh my god sense, but like in a, they can't be dark sort of way. Okay. But yeah. That makes sense. I know. Winona Ryder, I think, is pretty fabulous in her early films. Well, she stole a lot of scenes in this movie. Yeah. Ching, ching, ding, ding. She was really good. Um, she, what? She stole a lot of scenes? No? Oh, ha, 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 ha. Stole because she's a thief. Ha, <laughs> Okay. She stole my heart, too. Oh, she stole your heart, too? She did. Oh, Winona, give it back now. Give him back his heart. But yeah, Winona is great. Uh, what did you think of Maureen O'Hara? Um, I don't know who that is. You mean Catherine O'Hara? Yeah. Oh, now that explains a lot. When you first when I first saw her, I was like, who is that actress? She's so familiar to me. And you told me it was Catherine O'Hara. And immediately I went to, in my head, Maureen O'Hara, who is the mom in Parent Trap, the 60s version. Was that her name? Yeah. So that's why I asked her. I was like, wait a minute, the mom from Parent Trap? And you started laughing and you were like, what? No, this is not the mom from Parent Trap. There's like 20 years difference. She's been cryogenically frozen. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just realized why I made that connection is well, because if they're related. it was Maureen O'Hara. It, she might be. I don't know. No, Catherine O'Hara is awesome. If yeah. I if I ever like make a movie, you know, that she's got to be one of them. She's in all the Christopher Guest films. She's the mom in Home Alone. You were just she's hilarious in Beetlejuice. You were just talking yesterday about how much you wanted to be on on the crew for the Hunger Games, which is filming now in North Carolina. Oh, I know, right? Dying. But if you were in charge, let's just say you were directing the movie. She play. Uh, Who'd she play? Miss Everdeen. Or you could have Catherine O'Hara play Katniss. <laughs> no, she would play. Uh, <laughs> Does that work out? No, Mrs. Everdeen. Not oh, the mom. Dummy. 
Well. Mm-hmm. No, uh, what's the... Epi Trinket? Yeah. She'd be a fabulous Epi Trinket. Although, she, I think she'd be a little too old, I guess. Why? There's no real insight as to Effie's age. Just that she wears a lot of makeup and wigs. Okay. I think she'd be... Uh, come on, can't you see her sitting on the podium and being like, and may the odds ever be in your favor? I... Okay, I'm on the same page then. Thank you. All right. Catherine O'Hara, we are lobbying for you to take over the part in The Hunger Games of Effie Trinket. But yeah, she's hilarious. She's great in this movie. And even she, Jeffrey Jones, who, you know... Yeah, Played Jeffrey. the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and lately has... Had some troubles. Had some troubles. <laughs> Still. <laughs> he was pretty good in his role, too. Uh, he didn't grab me as much as the women in the... Well, I'm kind of glad he didn't grab me. Well, he probably... Brilliant slip. Probably, you know, he grabs other smaller... Boys. Okay. But uh, he didn't capture my attention as much as the women in this film did. Okay. With the notable exception, women versus men, that is, of Michael Keaton. Okay. All right. Let me tell you about Michael Keaton. Yeah. I've been in the Michael Keaton fan club for years. Really? Yes. What else has he done? What else has he done? Seriously. I mean, I know the name, but Uh, yeah. Well, in the 80s, what did I love him? I loved him in this, obviously. He was great in this movie called Night Shift with Henry Winkler. Okay. Where, oh, that's going to, we'll have to watch that. He and Henry Winkler play these guys. Okay, anyway, Night Shift. <laughs> um, Mr. Mom. Okay. Have you ever seen Mr. Mom? Nope. Wow. No, he's like. Or if I have, I don't remember it. He kind of reminds me of Val Kilmer just in the way that. It seems like no one has really utilized his comic ability as much as, you know, as they should. be tapped, yeah. Like, Val Kilmer, put Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton in a comedy together. Those guys are hilarious. Like, just, I mean, Toy Story 3, he was one of my favorite things about Toy Story 3, playing Ken. He was the voice of Ken. Oh, he was the voice of Ken. Yes. He's great. He's hilarious. But what what else like have I seen him in? I don't know every movie you've seen. Come on, Wikipedia. Pull out uh, IMDb sometime and I'll All right. show you. Fine. So, yeah, I, based on the fact that I can't remember anything I've seen him in, he blew me away because it was like seeing somebody for the first time. He's very unhinged in this movie. He's, he's you know, yeah. he's uh, this movie's like 92 minutes long and he's only in like 17 minutes of it. Yeah. And the movie's called Beetlejuice, but... You come away from the movie, if you've never seen him in a movie, you're like, who is that dude and what <laughs> is he on? Because he was great. I think he's a huge reason as to why the franchise became so popular and why it's, you know, today, if, I, I actually mentioned around work because a lot of people knew I was going to see this for the first time. And they all ask me, everyone today, what would you think of Beetlejuice? What do you think of Beetlejuice? <gasps> Michael Keaton is amazing. Everybody wanted to talk about Michael Keaton. So he's still having an impact. Yeah, definitely. Wait, didn't you say that you've you watched the the com the uh, like the Saturday morning? I did cartoon. I did, which is very weird because in the in the cartoon, Lydia is his ally. They're like best friends. I know. I was so confused. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And in this movie, he's pretty much trying to molest her the whole time, and then wants to marry her. Yeah, and she definitely does not want to marry him. Which is weird because the original script was like way more horrific and dark. And he like wanted to rape her, and he wanted to kill, you know, the the family and stuff. 
And I guess Tim Burton came in and was like, hey, let's soften this up a little bit. Just a little bit. So. Actually, well, maybe I'm wrong in this, but I heard he liked the original script and wanted to do it. And then the um, the parent company, whoever, was it Warner Brothers who did, did this? Hired on people to rewrite the script after Tim Burton had already signed on. Interesting. I know. Interesting. Even the fact that they, for a long time, they said they were going to do a sequel and put it, base it, it was like in Hawaii or something. Mm-hmm. Like Beetlejuice goes Hawaii. Yeah, not so <laughs> Sounds much. like the worst idea in the world. Yeah. Do you know what Beetlejuice reminds me of as a character? He reminds me of every ADHD child that I have taught that will grow up, do some stupid things, get themselves killed, and then they have an afterlife where they just ADHD themselves around. Like, ping, 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 shiny. Just the way his, his cadence, the way he spoke, the way you could see the wheels turning. And, and I, I, I'm not condemning the ADHD. I think I have it, too. But I'm saying, like, if you were ADHD and you had a sinister side, you might be Beetlejuice. It's true. You might be Beetlejuice. You might be. Little kid, you remind me of a mini Beetlejuice. You know, kids are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, do they ever have sequels to this? No, like I said, just, just like, the Saturday cartoon show. Uh, no, they there was talk. I think they wrote a script, but, but the about the wine thing, but it never got off the ground. Luckily, so. But like nothing ever like there was no. It keeps coming up like in conversation. There's definitely gonna be a sequel yeah. to Be with You someday, and you're like, just leave it, leave it be. Yeah, no, that was smart. I'm I'm really surprised. I feel like if the whole franchise were to be born for the first time now. That it would have four sequels, almost automatically. And you know that they try to just throw, like, as much money as possible into making it, you know, huge and CGI everywhere. Yeah. Instead of what they did in this movie, which was more practical effects, stop motion, you know, making the dollar, stretching the dollar. And Tim Burton and his deranged mind and all the stuff in it. It's crazy. Can we take just a second to talk about Alec Baldwin? Yes, Alec Baldwin was skinnier at the time, yes. Oh my god, he was so thin. And 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 he was handsome. You don't think he's handsome now? No, I'm not saying that. But now it's, suddenly the line in Clueless makes sense where they're like, he's such a Baldwin. They were going after like the, you know, the Baldwins were supposed to be the pinnacle of handsomeness. Now I understand. Yeah, he was skinnier. Yeah, he was cute. <laughs> well, I guess he's, uh, there's like several Baldwins and... A couple of them have stayed on the skinnier side, and a couple of them have Steven. Bl- bloomed up. Steven. Crazy Christian Steven. Oh, Steven. Uh, Billy Baldwin. Billy. He's, Billy's thin. He's, he's still, you know. Relatively. Relatively thin. Yeah. I think the other one is, and Alec. I don't know what happened. Well, how do you, I guess. How do you get to that point? Stress, drinking. May, I, mean, I mean, that's a part of it. He does kind of have like a little lush face going on, but I think some he's of the, it. I think he's the most talented Baldwin. Me too. There's talk of him. Going into government of some kind. That'd be awesome. Like New York Senator or something. I think that just some of it has to do with living in excess. You know, like when it, it, we talk about our society as a whole, about how, you know, we used to be hunters and gatherers way, way back in the day, and now we don't exert that energy finding food, and it's so readily available, we just eat it. That's why we as a society are growing larger. But if you take it into the celebrity, um, money's not even an object. Like, it's just always there. Maybe someone should have put him in the Hunger Games. <laughs> and we're back to this. He could be Haymitch. Oh, he'd be such a good Haymitch. No, I still think Woody Harrelson's going to make a great Haymitch. Uh, he'll he'll bring something to the role, yeah, but he's just not how I imagine Haymitch. Um, 
here's how it happened with Hunger Games. I had read the first book and had just started the second one. I'm like, Chrissy, you're going to love this. You have to read it. So Chrissy read the first one. What was it? Like two days? I started the first book on a Sunday. It's like you lapped me. Like you're now reading the third one and I'm still on the second one. And here's the thing. Um, I started it on a Sunday. I was halfway through the third book of the trilogy. And they're like 400 page books by Friday or Saturday. Saturday. So six days I got through two and a half books. And now I've started going really slowly on the last, like, third of the last book because I, I want to relish it. You're savoring it. I am. I no, want it to be over. No, I imagine um, Woody Harrelson's character in a movie called Kingpin, which Chrissy has never seen. Nope. He plays, like, a drunk, uh, washed-up ex-bowler oh. in that movie. Similar to the way in Hunger Games, he's like a drunk, washed-up ex-Hunger Games victor um, in Hunger Games. Okay. I'll show you that movie and you'll understand. I All think it's going to be really good. I love Woody Harrelson's very underrated. Well, I also think of the drunk cartoon guy from Anastasia, the Russian guy. But he's a cartoon, so they can't really... <laughs> in the movie, it wouldn't work out. Why is Hamish animated? But you agree that Jennifer Lawrence would probably be good? I think it's a great choice. Even though you didn't like Winter's Poem? I didn't like the movie because it was just similar so Similar character. Dark. She plays a similar character in Winter's Poem. I know. I think she's going to be great in this. Awesome. Uh, no. So what, what else about Beetlejuice? Is there anything you didn't like? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I know you... I had to keep you awake through a large portion of it. <sighs> I don't know. You know, we've touched on this so many times I've lost count. Narcoleptic Chrissy, when it comes to movies, strikes again. Uh, I did the very best I could. I started, like, fiddling with my phone on my, just to have something to keep my hands busy so I could keep my eyes open. But I did it! Yay! But yeah, production design in this movie. Oh, yeah. A plus. Especially for the 80s. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I think it's funny that it was literally during the time of really crappy interior design that they chose to make fun of uh, Catherine O'Hara's preferences for that like ultra modern avant-garde look but that was actually still really popular then so i mean if the movie had been made 10 years later it would have been funny because it's poking fun at that stupid little time when we thought that was cool but it was still technically cool and tim burton had the foresight to be like no no, this is gonna be stupid in 10 years let's make fun of it now yeah the same uh, production designer did uh, um i think Wee's big adventure this Batman, the original Batman 1989 version, Bo Welch, I think, was the production designer. Anyway, he, he eventually married Catherine O'Hara, so... Oh, really? She must have enjoyed the production design a great deal. Yes, she must have. She's like, Produ- production design my uterus, please. And they had two children. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> if that's a pickup line, that's a pickup line like nothing I've ever seen. Hey, production design my uterus, please. And then they had two children. And then, you know, they knocked uglies. They um, knocked boots, I think is what you're looking for. Or, or knocked uglies, yeah. I've never heard anybody say knocked uglies before. <laughs> no? No. Okay. Did you make that up? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Where'd you get that? <laughs> but yeah, my fa- my second favorite Tim Burton film, Beetlejuice. I'm surprised that Nightmare Before Christmas wasn't anywhere on this best of Tim Burton list. Number three or four, yeah. Also, like Ed Wood. You ever seen Ed Wood? No. 
I feel like Night Before Nightmare Before Christmas should be number one. Uh-huh. Edward Scissorhands should it's be all two. Personal, it's all personal preference. No, Pee Wee's Big Adventure will always be number one. <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure is kind of like I think that was the impetus for me moving to Los Angeles. Are you kidding me? Many years later. What? Because as a kid, the whole him riding his bike through Warner Brothers Studios and all the studio sets, I was just like... Captivated? Wow! Like, I want to do that! Like, I would have killed for that bike at the time. When I was like five or six years old, I was like, I want that bike with the little lion head and all that stuff. No. I just think it's hilarious that that... You were a big Pee Wee fan as a kid. You loved the TV show, right? I did love the TV show. I was obsessive about the TV show and that movie, so... Nice. So, when this came out, this was Tim Burton's second film, and imagine... I love Pee Wee. I was like, oh, yes! Another Tim Burton film! Yay! So... We were into Funny Shtick. My mom thought Pee Wee was a little strange, and she was like, I don't see the merit in a grown man pretending like he he's kind of like a child. I bet you he's a child molester. But she hated Captain Kangaroo, too, huh? She didn't let Mr. me go on Captain Kangaroo Ride at Disneyland! Mr. Roger... Captain Kangaroo Ride? She... she yeah. What? what? There was Captain Kangaroo. What was the Captain Kangaroo Ride? It was at Disneyland. Really? Yeah. What... How did that... Yeah? What? No. I'm pretty sure. No. <laughs> did I make that up? Am I thinking of Captain Eve? <laughs> but... <laughs> Captain EO, Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> they should have teamed up. <laughs> For a second I was like, there was a Captain Kangaroo ride? No way. How did I miss out on this? And I was older than you? <laughs> I guarantee you have no idea who Captain Kangaroo is, do you? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Mr. But Rogers. She, oh, she was definitely on the Mr. Rogers is a child molester bandwagon. <laughs> she who's let, not who's not a child molester according to your mom. <laughs> she like let me. You watch take interest in kids. You're a molester. I know. <laughs> she was like, I see. I see. <laughs> she used to. I remember her telling me as a kid. She's like, I see through your sweater wearing ways, Mr. Rogers. If our neighbor Paul ever puts on a sweater and asks you to untie his shoes or unties his own and then says something like, won't you be my neighbor? Say no. And run back to the house. Wow. And then she'd be like, this is stupid. You would never be away from me to be in this position in the first place. You were sheltered from so much great entertainment because your mom thought everyone were child molesters. (laughs) But I did like Pee Wee. I got to watch it on, I think, Sunday mornings when she was sleeping in. Um, but you know, I, my, my big obsession was Inspector Gadget. Inspector yeah, well, he, Gadget. Was he a child molester? He was a cartoon. It was different. <laughs> cartoon child molester. Inspecting <laughs> things. Well. Kids under parts. I hate to tell you that, but now apparently, and I didn't know this, there's like a very large Japanese like porn anime crowd that does Inspector Gadget stuff. Like in these, the cartoon characters. It's crazy Japanese. They'll they'll make you know anything into porn anime. Which, by the way, I found out totally by accident because I was googling Inspector Gadget Penny one day because I was trying to like get a picture of her. And boy, did I get more than I bargained for. Whatever you were googling Inspector Gadget porn again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Google. Moderate safe search off. Doctor Claw. <laughs> <laughs> I always felt like, I only see his claw. What's Where's his other hand? Uh, 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 Masturbating. Uh, uh. Oh my god, that was so good. 
<laughs> it was a masturbation. I'm masturbating. Uh... Heather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, house bunny. I know. Okay, so what I thought we just pinged around and I totally knew where you were going. What would be your final grade for Beetlejuice? B plus. It's great. It was a solid movie. I would, I would really like to see it again. At what age would you uh, Eleven. Sh- show your... What? Eleven. Our kids are definitely going to watch it. Maybe ten if they are solid and not going to be scared. I'll, you know, I'll sneak, sneak show it to them then. My poor dog has some matted fur in the back. I just got distracted. Gross. I know. Oh, poor baby. It's like falling out. Okay, so what was the other movie we watched? We watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Another 80s movie that became a cartoon. A Saturday morning cartoon. It did? What was that? The electric guitar movement? That was the most annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like a banshee. Do it again. Wow. Yeah. I can't do that on my guitar, though. Oh, yeah. You got a guitar. I know. 31 and just learning how to play guitar. You can do it. Hopefully I can, you know, ensnare some hot chicks. Um, <laughs> um fall, fall in love with your darker ways. Yeah. <laughs> As previously discussed. So on to Bill and Ted. Excellent. Um How did you not watch Bill and Ted before? I don't really know on that one. I think maybe I Grew up with the idea that I did see it at some point, like because I knew uh, like basically what it was, and it would be like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with that, and then move on. Like I never actually stopped and saw it. But Keanu Reeves, what a surprise! What do you mean, what a surprise? We've already talked about. It. He's one of the most underrated actors of all time. <laughs> He's been in a lot of great movies, including this one, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No, no, no. I, I'm not re- saying I'm surprised as to his abilities so much as it is a surprise that he was like the secondary character of the duo and he was the breakout star. I don't know. He, he was the secondary character. I think they were Bill pretty much a and duo. Ted. Well, in alphabetical order, Ted and Bill just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Ted and Bill's Excellent Adventure? See? No. Bill and Ted. Yeah, you're right. Yep. That's true. <laughs> But Alex Winter didn't go on to have the same successes as Keanu did. I think he's been he's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes more. Oh. But there's rumors hmm. that there's a Bill and Ted 3 on the way. Just lately this what? year. There's been talks. Like Keanu Reeves in actual interviews has said, no, we're going to do it. Oh, my God. There's one being written right now by the same writers. Have, have They're like 45. How is this going to work? I don't know. I'm hoping it works well. Because I don't... Unlike your Indiana Jones? <sighs> Why do you insist on bringing that up? Because, well, because this is what happens makes when... makes my heart hurt. This is what happens when great movies have wonderful stars in them, but the stars get older. It's not their fault, but it happens. I know. Well, some people go back to the well too much. But, I don't know. I'll watch it. Okay. I'll hope for the best. The second one was really good as well. Bogus uh, Journey? Bogus uh, Journey, yes. I didn't think about what the second word was. Yeah. But, okay, on to the excellent adventure. Yes. I I can't even talk about it without using that voice, by the way. Like, oh my god, excellent, yeah. Could could you imagine uh, being around the, what, eight or nine-year-old me after seeing this movie? I think for the next two years, my brother and I were definitely... 
you know, annoying the hell out of my mom by talking like these. But you probably had the southern accent, so it wasn't even working out like, hey, mom, we're from San Dimas. Excellent. I don't think it must have worked out so well for you. And then what did my mom say? Oh, you, you boys need to go and wash off because supper's going to be on the table. And you should stop singing that Mix-A-Lot song. <laughs> I think she did say that last See? part. <laughs> um, no, the first time I watched this movie, it was at the drive-in. What? It's one of the few movies that I remember seeing at the drive-in. This one and Gremlins when I was way younger. But, yeah, great, great movie. Great movie. What do you like about this movie specifically that you wanted me to see? Time travel. Yeah. I love everything. I mean, Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time. Which, by the way, I think we owe a thank you to our good friend Jordan. He's going to be on the podcast next week, so we can thank him in person. We can. We will thank him when he's on the podcast. But in the meantime, we, or Justin, got his birthday present, a Back to the Future Hot Wheels car. Well, yeah, I know, but what am I gonna? What am I gonna slide do? Slide it across the kitchen table. Can I just like? You gonna put it up on the wall like a decoration? It, put it in a frame. I don't know. I don't have a lot of. I don't like have a, a display case of some kind. Right, and I'm not sure I would let you, even if we did have one. Anyway, time travel. But thank you. I love time travel. As a kid, I was. I mean, sliders, quantum oh. leap, sliders, um, Back to the Future, of course, and yeah, this. Even though. It was kind of a takeoff on Doctor Who with the whole, um, you know, phone booth thing. Oh, yeah. Which at the time I didn't know, but, um, yeah, time travel number one. Mm -hmm. And then history. Anything dealing with history. I was a history minor in in college. And this movie kind of, although they didn't get a lot of the facts wrong in terms of dates or times or stuff, I, I, it kind of jump-started my interest in history. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's funny because uh, I actually loved history in junior high and in high school, um, really loved it. But I was shocked in watching this movie now that I'm an adult to see how much I've forgotten. How many basic things. Like when they were like, when did the Mongols rule China? And I was like, I don't know. I have no idea when the Mongols rule China. And then I felt like if I don't know this... And Bill and Ted don't know this, and everyone thinks Bill and Ted are idiots. Am I on Bill and Ted's intelligence level? Yes. Bogus. No? <laughs> no, like, that would suck. But overall, what did you think about the movie? Oh, it was hilarious. It was very well paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when you... How do I put this? I'm not damning the movie when I say this, but what can be construed as stupid movies... Sometimes have a pacing that is either like way too slow because they're so stupid. You're like, oh, bad joke after bad joke. Is it over? Or like just too fast, like silly putty movie, you know, or then it's done. I feel like this, it was very good at holding your attention. If you're above average intelligence, you don't have to be like, it's not like those stupid Madeira's house movies. Madeira's house (laughs) movies. (laughs) What? Come on, help me out. <laughs> is this something that you watch at Disney Disneyland after the Captain Kangaroo ride? Madeira's house? What's Madeira's house? Come on. Like, I'm trying to come on. I don't know what you're saying. It's the woman who's always like, What the hell? What is that? I've actually seen these movies. Are you just making stuff up? No. Madeira's? Oh. 
Medea. Yeah! Madeira's house. <laughs> okay. Those movies are stupid. You've never seen them. I know. Okay. <laughs> what does that have to do with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? This wasn't stupid. Are you talking about how they have like a like their own language? No. No? But sure. Well, no. I don't get the correlation. <sighs> Some movies fall into the chasm of being a stupid movie, but they really are stupid movies like that. And mm-hmm. some movies fall into the chasm of being stupid movies, but they're not stupid like this one. I agree. That's it. You learn a lot about history. You do. And I feel like I need to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> Although, how does one fail an entire semester of a course and then the teacher says, if you get an A plus in this one presentation, then you can graduate. And they're like, excellent. Well, there's a bit of a logic leap there. Not only that, you're going to have to do this presentation in front of the entire school. Right? Not just your class. Yeah, the entire school, which is also strange. But I never would have thought of having people come back from history to give my presentation for me. But here's the thing. Even if it is available to you, I mean, because that is kind of creative. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you not get a good grade still, though, because that you didn't do any of the work? You were just like... Look at these cool guys I found in history. And then they all come up and do that. They, I mean, they narrated through the whole thing. Oh, that's true. They did narrate. Like facts and, I mean, if I was in the audience, I would have been like, yes, this is awesome. That's true. You're right. I take it back. Who is your favorite character from the past? Well, I think it's also your favorite character. Yeah. Mr. Socrates Johnson. Oh, my God. <laughs> so great. Him and Napoleon are definitely my favorite, too. Napoleon? Okay, I said this when we were watching it, but I was like, this movie needs to be remade right now with Steve Carello's Napoleon. Yeah, it, the whole thing, they're on their own adventure, you know, collecting all these dudes, mm-hmm. and Napoleon is back in San Dimas on his own adventure. He's like at Chuck E. Cheese. Right. <laughs> Bowling alley and ice skating rink. Bowling alley. He goes to the water park. He does go to Raging Waters. Yeah. He I, loves the slide. I wanted my own, like, Napoleon spinoff with him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he should have his own, like, travel show. Right. And the best part is he didn't really say much at all, other than in the very beginning, blow them up in French. And then during the course of the movie, he kept saying, Attends! Attends! Which in French means, wait, wait, hold on. There's all, a lot of facial things going on with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those actors, though, I, I don't know who played the role, but where you could kind of read what he was trying to express just by his face. Yeah. Excellent. But him, every time he was on the screen, I was laughing. And then, like I said, Chrissy's favorite, Socrates Johnson, everything he did. Was, uh, I just, I think I liked really that they kept referring to him as Socrates as opposed to Socrates. <laughs> they were like, now don't forget to go get Socrates. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. And then I love when he's part of like, sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. There's a lot of a lot of catchy lines in this movie. Really funny. Uh, yeah. I also like Billy the Kid. Billy? Yeah. yeah. He was interesting. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite scene in the movie? I don't know what my favorite scene was. Oh, jeez. I had a few. Um, I think the whole the whole mall scene was pretty good. Yeah, that, that the sequence. You can't really take one sequence. scene out. Well, yeah, because there's the whole Joan of Arc thing. Then there's the whole Mongol Genghis Khan ripping apart the sporting goods yeah. store. Yeah, the, the the one thing, even as a kid, I was like, okay, I could see 
Genghis Khan getting arrested. Yeah. I could see Joan of Arc getting arrested. Billy Kidd, I think he shot a gun in the mall. Yeah, it's like, not good. <laughs> what, did so, what did so Craig Johnson do? He tried to hit on those girls. I was get gonna arrested say, well, if they're underage. And then there was Beethoven, like oh yeah, Beethoven. He went into that store, and the guy was like, "Here, would you like to test out this keyboard?" And Beethoven was, of course, he's like, "Whoa, what is this?" And then flash forward to him, he's just like rocking out in the store. And the the owner gets him arrested for that. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I don't know. Unless, we gotta do that to Beethoven. Unless they they're like, "This is a place of business, and we can refuse service to anybody. And you have to leave." And then if he doesn't leave, it's trespassing. Abe Lincoln, you're gonna arrest him because you thought he stole a hat and a beard, right? Can't you just test that out on the spot and see it's his hat and his beard? You, you would think. You have to arrest him. Major plot hole. That was good, Abe Lincoln uh, impersonator, by the way. He was good. And I know this because I know Abe Lincoln personally. <laughs> For reals? Yes. So, if you would have had the time machine in the same... You, you had to do the same project. Is there anyone else that you would have gotten and brought back? Probably. If, I'm, I'm sure there is. Who? See, and that's a, I knew that would be the next question. I'm like, ah, I'd bring out John Kennedy. Really? Yeah. I think he'd be interesting. Right before you got shot. A lot of these people they brought back was like right before they right died. Right before they were annihilated. It's like, did they take... Did they take them back or at least give them a heads up? Oh, totally about back Henry VIII. Henry VIII? Yeah, he's on my list. You thought he was coming when they went to visit the princesses. Well, because the time matched up. I was like, wait a minute. If this is Ken- King Henry's time, those two girls, who are they? Are they supposed to be the daughters or are they supposed to be... Um... Now, is that Jonathan Rees Myers? Yeah. Okay. You were like, bring back him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bring back that version of Henry VIII. Forget my report. Let's go make a report in the bushes. I think they should also have brought back uh, Louis XVI. Okay, that's two two similar figures. I guess I have a thing for my European dictators. How about Jesus? No love for Jesus? Sure, I love Jesus. You know what? I would have brought back Jesus because I think that he has been much maligned. Like, I think a, a lot of people are using his name and doing a lot of bad things. In so, vain. So I would have brought him back and be like, you know what, Jesus? I want you to tell your story. Like, your real story. Yeah. Actually, that's the smartest one of all. Because, yeah, then he could have been like, friends, I'm a total hippie. Because it totally changed. Yeah. The rest of time. Everybody get on some Birkenstocks and stop fighting. Yay, Jesus! Let's help the poor. You're See? right. No, you're right. That's the best decision would be, would have been to bring back Jesus. I feel like they missed it. Oh, well, I guess they didn't want to inject, you know, some religion into this, you know, stupid 80s a little comedy. controversy? Exactly. A little too much history. <laughs> Bring back Pontius Pilate. Yeah? Yeah. String him up. I wish brought back a lot more princesses. <laughs> you know? So, what, Joan of Arc didn't do it for you? Dude, that was, uh, uh we, was it Jane Wheatland from, uh, was she in the Go-Go's? Not the Go-Go's. Mm. Clarence Clemens, the the late Clarence Clemens, he just died recently. He oh. was a famous saxophonist. He, he played with Bruce Springsteen and all. He was one of the three most important people in the world. You remember when they went to the future? Yeah, And those three yeah. people were like... Wearing their sunglasses and they're like... They're like doing the strumming motion. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're here. Yeah. yeah. That was Clarence. He was the black guy. George Carlin. I know. At the time, I was like, whoa, George Carlin. Yeah. Not a lot to, I mean, he's like one of the least funny people in this movie. I know. I kept thinking that. I was like, I'm surprised he took this role. Because he's awesome. Well, I know he's awesome, but I'm just surprised he took the part. 
Rufus. I was. Were you having a hard time towards the end trying to make the little logic leaps when Bill and Ted were in the prison? Because I was trying to follow that so closely, and I couldn't. We'll see if it would have been like just a, uh, you know, a mainstream, just regular movie with no time travel or anything. Maybe I would have. <laughs> but within the framework of the movie, you're kind of like already on the, the ride. The Captain Kangaroo ride, if you like this. <laughs> But that's just it. Because I was on the ride, like, I wanted it to make sense. It wasn't like I'd written it off. So when they were like, Dude, just remember that we have to drop, in the future, we have to get the keys. We have to drop the, you know, the trash can on this guy's head. Yeah, and he was like, oh, look, you have the keys. I totally remember. We have to plant this, you know, tape recorder. We have to type this thing on the type. I'm like. Yeah. How did that happen? I'm like, I hope you're right. He's down on the list. Cause. And not only that, we have to remember to do this. Like, when did they do this? Because there's a 10-hour difference. Like, when did they do it? Well, as long as they did it after the fact, they went back in time and did it. I don't understand. But if they would have forgotten, there would have been, like, the butterfly effect. And I don't know if they would have, like, I'm so confused. Justin, this is sounding strangely like math. <laughs> Make it stop. Oh. No. No good. So that was my least favorite part of the movie. The the the, the, the minor logic leaves within the, the framework. Well, because for me, it never becomes minor. It becomes like an all-encompassing siege that I must figure out. Yeah. You never want to have those logic leaps with you because you just totally tune out. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out that. It's like a puzzle. It's hard enough to keep you... Awake. <laughs> awake and focused on the screen. Oh, I pity for, I pity our future for you when we have children and they end up being like me and you'll be like, no, watch this. It's awesome. They're going to be like, dee-dee-dee, lions. Oh, you have your, your mom's, you know, attention deficit. Two plus two is seven. What? Our kids can't add. Oh, no. <laughs> He's thinking twice now. Oh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I'm going to give it a final grade of an A minus. Wow, I really did enjoy it. Okay, it was good. All right, I want to watch the bogus journey now and see what went wrong. What do you mean what went wrong? Well, I assume something goes wrong because it's the bogus journey. <laughs> oh, it involves um, Bill and Ted android like robots that are sent. Sent back to try to kill Bill and Ted. Get out! And they have to battle with death. What? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's it's definitely different, but still really good. Is it darker? It's a little darker. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I like the dark sequels. I mean, you, you can't do the exact same thing and have them. Okay, we're in college now. <laughs> that sounds like a Saved by the Bell formula. If ever I heard one. My history eleven class. <laughs> I gotta go back and. <laughs> Get no, some more people that I haven't no, used yet. This time it's science class. We gotta find Einstein and the guy with apple fall in his head. Who's that? The guy. <laughs> All right, Mr. Apple fall in his head. The, Mr. the kid. <laughs> and then we gotta find Aristotle. Aristotle. Wow. It's totally a Bill and Ted way of doing it. Come on. Come on. Okay. That's not how the sequel goes, but... <laughs> that's like the Saved by the Bell episode sequel. That's like the, the cartoon series. Do you know Saved by the Bell taught me the order of the planets by Mivem Schnup? That's one of the, you know, 
Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, yeah. that taught me the order of the planet. He, get, he gets knocked on his head and Screech does. Screeches in the hospital. Yeah. And Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently his voice has changed. The things you learn when watching Saved by the Bell. The more you know. Yes. All right, well. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been real. It's been real fun. Beetlejuice and Bill and Ted. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks. You can send um, presents, love, candy, and tweets to at Justin Winters. And uh, you can remind me to stay awake at Chris Winters with a K. And exciting news. We're going to have guests the next two weeks. What? I know. What are we going to do? Well, first up, we're going to have Jordan Yanko on on the podcast. Our biggest fan. That we know of. What's not? I mean, he's confessed to, to listening to every episode, and not not even we we haven't listened to every episode. It's true. He's a good pen pal, and so he he tells us these things. Oh gosh, he's probably gonna blow our minds. He's probably gonna, like reference things that we don't even remember happening. It's probably true, and I'd be like, "What? Nice to meet you," because I don't remember what happened two minutes ago. And then the week after, we're going to have, hopefully, uh, Gray Drake of the Popcorn Mafia. Whoa, whoa. Who has her own podcast. And woo, woo. Hopefully, she can school us and tell us how it's done. Dude, she's going to come over and look at our little setup and be like, for real? Already, already warned her. I'm like, we have one microphone. <laughs> we don't have headsets. We just got to hang out and talk. Exactly. Yep. And, you know. And record it. And don't it, edit it. It's very analog in, in the digital world that we live in. Or it's very exciting and cutting edge because everyone else is so focused and cerebral in their approach. We can't have headsets because we like to... Interrupts the creative juices. We like to move around in our space while we're talking about I like to play with my hair. Yeah, what are you playing with your hair? Stop. I don't know. Are you nervous? No. When I was a kid, when I was like a teen and like really getting into girls, I always knew they play with their hair while you're talking to them, that means they're into you, right? No, really? Is that right? Uh, I think it's unconscious. I know. It's very, um, it's very, very uh, Freudian. Freudian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fruit. I, um, I did that. I often would, like, like, play with my neck or, like, my shoulders or something. Play with your boobs? No, I would not play with my boobs. Always knew when girls play with their boobs. <laughs> I wonder what gave it away. Woo! Hey! Oh! Justin, that was impolite. I saw a boob. That was impolite. That can happen on a podcast. I know. See? It happened because of you. Great. There you go. All right. Until next week. Yes. We are signing off. I'm going to go on the Captain Kangaroo ride. You should. It's really fun. I'm going to Google this. Okay. Probably didn't exist. (laughs) We'll see. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Bye.